envelopes everything that exists Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says my rahmah encompasses everything Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when he brings something into existence he does so through his rahmah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala creates is a sign of his rahmah so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when he focuses his attention towards his creation it is eternally through his rahmah rahmah loosely translated may mean mercy it's a horrible ugly translation of the word doesn't convey anywhere near the meaning of the word in Arabic which is how translations are not really representative of the original especially when it comes to the Quran translating the Quran is an art but it's also very difficult and some places is almost impossible to translate in a word or a phrase you may need a whole paragraph sometimes to translate a word of the Quran loosely translated the word Rahmah may mean or suggest mercy but is not the Christian mercy that comes to mind so we have to differentiate between how the word mercy is used in the Christian Western context and how we as Muslims understand Rahmah they're very different the language is different and more than that the theology is different the aqeedah is different our aqeedah of Allah being the Rahman and Rahim is very different from saying Allah is merciful we must appreciate this as a reality as a fact so many times we walk around with ideas and concepts which we then assume is aqeedah and then after just a little bit of under the surface investigation we find out that that's not the correct aqeedah because we have totally misunderstood the concept in the first place so questions that arise from the idea of mercy being rahmah are there if Allah is merciful then why does he do all these things that 
apparently he does in the world. Why is there a sense of Jahannam and the fire and hell and all of that if Allah is merciful and so on? That's because you've translated the word Rahmah into mercy. But if you don't do that and you have another understanding which is comprehensive and holistic and coherent and consistent then you will not fall into that trap of misunderstanding what the word and the term Rahmah in the Quran means. So we must start from this first step that uh, first of all let's try and understand how the Quran depicts Allah's Rahmah. What does the Quran say about Allah's Rahmah? And that's a whole lesson. You can have a seminar, you can have ten seminars and you can write in volumes about this issue but we're not here to do that. I'm just here to present a very simple idea. And that idea is that Allah's Rahmah has grades many grades. The idea that Allah creates is a grade of Allah's Rahmah. When Allah brings something into existence, He does so through His Rahmah. That in itself is a grade of Allah's Rahmah. It's a level. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends winds before the rain and then He sends the rain Allah calls it Rahmah. فَانْظُرْ إِلَىٰ آثَارِ رَحْمَةِ اللَّهِ Look at the athar, the effects of Allah's Rahmah, which here refers to rain. But is it always the case that uh, rain is merciful? Sometimes rain is not merciful, as you know. <laughs> when you have a hurricane, Definitely that's not mercy. You see now where the problem comes? So we must engage in this discussion first of all in our minds and with each other as to how we appropriate Allah's Rahmah. So at a certain level everything that exists is under Allah's Rahmah and then with human beings and the jinn they are required to seek further rahmah from Allah. We as human beings are obligated and required to seek more rahmah from Allah, more than what Allah has already given us in our creation. And that rahmah is Islam. But that Islam is acquired, is not given. You have to acquire that Rahmah. And then there's another level where within this acquisition of Islam, we are also prompted and encouraged to seek another level of Rahmah, which is through Taqwa. Which is through Taqwa. So everything that exists is with Allah's Rahmah. Animals, trees, 
plants, stones, the rock, the universe, stars, sun, the sun, the moon, whatever exists is Allah's rahmah, through Allah's rahmah. But when it comes to the human being, when the human being has this choice to do or not to do, to make the right choice, make the wrong choice, then the human being is required to choose Allah's further rahmah, a step above this, and that is the rahmah of Islam. قُلْ بِفَضْلِ اللَّهِ وَبِرَحْمَتِهِ فَبِذَلِكَ فَلْيَفْرَحُوا Where the Mufassirun say in this ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he uses the word rahmah means Islam. Say it is with the fadl of Allah and because of the fadl of Allah which is the Qur'an and because of Allah's rahmah which is Islam, you should be happy. Rejoice because of Allah's rahmah upon you. But this rahmah is a higher level of rahmah than the rahmah that you are already in, meaning your creation. Then the other rahmah. For us as non-prophets is taqwa, piety, that we seek closeness proximity to Allah to gain more rahmah in a much more refined way <coughs> much more refined yes. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala relates to us through the ayat of the angels who carry Allah's throne the angels there beyond the heavens and they're huge spectacular very strong angels. And they're appointed to carry Allah's throne. Eight of them. They're carrying Allah's throne. So can you imagine that? And then there are angels around them. Who are there for support. And for other reasons. One of the functions. That Allah mentions about these angels who carry Allah's throne and who are around these angels underneath them is that they make dua for those who believe angels who are up there in the heavens carrying Allah's throne what is one of their functions? to seek forgiveness for those who believe they seek forgiveness on our behalf. That's what they do. So you can imagine the importance of belief in the eyes of those angels. This dua is for those who believe. Not for those who don't believe. So the atheist, as we say, don't, doesn't have a prayer. The atheist doesn't have a prayer because no one's praying and he's not praying either. But those who believe are privileged to be the recipients of the istighfar. Of those angels who are carrying Allah's throne. SubhanAllah. And they make dua specifically for those who believe. 
Rabbana wasi'ata kulla shayin rahmatan wa ilma. And then they start making this dua, Allah, you have encompassed everything with your rahma and your knowledge. فَاغْفِرْ لِلَّذِينَ تَعَبُ وَاتَّبَعُوا سَبِيلَكَ وَقِهِمْ عَذَابَ الْجَحِيمِ And then the next part of the dua, at the end, they say, وَقِهِمُ السَّيِّعَاتِ Save and protect these people who believe from committing sin. This is a perpetual dua of the angels who carry Allah's throne that they ask Allah to save and protect believers from sayyat from blunders, mistakes, and more than that, sin waqihim as protect them that in a cosmological sense so we as Muslims and believers should appreciate that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has already pre-assigned groups of angels who do this for us and we must reciprocate by not committing sin then the angels make a statement وَمَنْ دَخِسْ سَيِّئَاتِ يَوْمَيْذٍ فَقَدْ رَحِمْتَهُ Whoever you protect from sin on this day, you have shown him your rahmah. So this shows another level of rahmah. Very specific to those who ward off evil and who do not engage in sin, they receive another special rahmah from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So one level of special rahmah is for all believers who have Islam. Islam is a rahmah above the rahmah Allah has already put on every creation. So when we go around saying that God is merciful, we must be careful about the language. Because if you appropriate mercy with rahmah, you are making a mistake. There is definitely a component of mercy in rahmah, but it's not the whole picture. It's a very loose and a very vague translation of the word. And that is why people who don't know what the words of the Quran mean should not speak about them. Do those who know, are they equal to those who don't know? The answer is no. So we must seek knowledge of these basic fundamental concepts and aqeedah that we have in our community, in our culture, so that when we have a conversation about Islam, we don't make mistakes because the greatest sin would be to misrepresent the Quran and the Sunnah. Because of our vanity, we want to make a difference. We want to show people we know Islam. But, brother, how much have you invested in learning about Islam? If your investment is zero, then it's probably better you don't speak about Islam. This very simple explanation of the word Rahmah in the Quran will tell you 
that you need a bit more sophistication than simply reading the translation of a Quran where somebody has mentioned the word Rahmah in terms of mercy. The Quran and Sunnah calls for a seeking of knowledge. This Ummah is built on knowledge. The Prophet's legacy is knowledge. When the Ummah wants to represent the Prophet and Islam, it must be based on knowledge, not on jahl and ignorance. Because that is a gross, gross indictment on the Ummah that the Ummah simply doesn't know or understand the basic core concepts of the Deen and yet they're promoting the Deen in front of everybody in the world. So when you understand that there are layers of Rahmah Allah has appropriated in His creation and the highest level of Rahmah for believers who are non-prophets is to stay away from sin. That is the greatest Rahmah. If we seek that Rahmah and we say Bismillahirrahmanirrahim then there's a world of difference. From saying Bismillahirrahmanirrahim and we think it means something else. So we must appreciate that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's rahmah is always with the believers because the angels are always making dua for us. But when we keep away from sin and when we incorporate taqwa, piety in our lives, we have a special degree of rahmah which others do not have. We make dua, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us all the levels of rahmah in this world and also in the world hereafter. Ameen ya rabbil alameen.